0: Welcome to the How to Be Good Enough podcast. I'm Christina Kwan. I help women slipping in and out of depression finally find their self-worth. All opinions are my own and should not be used to substitute help from a mental health professional. But as someone who once thought that suicide was the only option, I can tell you, depression is a mindset. It can be changed. I'm so glad you're here so I can show you how. Let's get started. Welcome to episode two. Before we dive in, I wanted to mention something quickly about the last episode. I walked you through the phases of my recovery, with the last phase being what I call euphoria. There's a hunch I have that there are more phases of transformation after recovering from depression. I can see it in the way that my mind changes as I gain more awareness of myself and as I challenge my most deep-seated patterns. I thought it would be important for you to know that I'm not at all at the last stage of my growth, and where I am right now isn't the be-all and end-all of yours. If there's anything that I've heard that's turned out to be true, it's that growth doesn't end. But rather than being this long, never-ending process filled with pain and struggle, it's something that's challenging, And at the same time achievable. I imagine it's what an artist feels like when they start with a fresh canvas. It's an endless source of possibility. We can easily be crippled by that fact, but the artist becomes the artist by beginning with that first brushstroke. I'm looking forward to sharing everything I learn in episodes to come. Now let's get to it. Something I commonly see in my clients is that they get into this cycle of blame and shame, In fact, I think it's that infinite thread that keeps depression alive in us. But it's so automatic that we hardly see that we voluntarily stay in the loop, stepping into repeated behaviors that keep us stuck exactly where we don't want to be. So let's take a deeper look at this. Let's start with shame. When you think of shame, what comes up for you? I experience it as this reverberating downward plunging type feeling that crashes through me like waves. It's this icky experience where my skin feels like it's crawling but at the same time like it's peeling away from me. It used to be present all the time, a sort of baseline feeling that always threatens at any moment to come to the forefront of my awareness. And it it didn't take much to trigger it. Just having a thought about some random memory could elicit a feeling of shame in my body. Because that's how prevalent the feeling was at all times. I have clients whose entire cycle is just within shame. Existing is difficult for anyone experiencing depression, but those who can't help but stay entirely in the shame cycle find it particularly hard. Because it's a feedback loop that never ends. They do something, and it might not even be a big thing to anyone outside looking in, but to them it's a big offense. They chastise themselves mercilessly for the thing that they did, punishing themselves because they feel like they deserve it. This is that rollback tape that plays a little movie in your head over and over again, so that the waves of shame crash and crash again and again. It could be the silliest little memory that your brain has decided to store, but it causes you so much pain to relive it. And the most excruciating part of it all is that those silly little memories pop up all throughout your living history. It clouds your present moment, reminding you of these past failures as you're trying to live your daily life. And that's when the most fascinating thing happens. The feelings, the vibrations from your old memories are so present in your everyday that you create new memories that feel just like them. And that's how your misery compounds moment by moment. It's impossible to escape yourself, especially when the reasons why you don't measure up present themselves with every new situation you find yourself in. You're living in a different time and place but the same pain vibrates throughout your body because of the way you view yourself. And until you can change your opinion about yourself, you're highly likely to live into every future moment as exactly the person you were. In order to break the cycle, you've got to challenge those core beliefs you hold onto so tightly. You know, the ones where you tell yourself that there's something fundamentally wrong with you, that you're not worthy of love or appreciation, that you have no value unless you're of use to someone else. But worthiness has nothing to do with utility. At least it doesn't start there. You don't first become useful to your family, to society, or to the world before you become worthy. That's totally backwards. Think about babies. We don't put them to work once they're out of the womb, do we? We expect them to be babies. To just be. The very first thing that was expected of you when you took your first breath of fresh air is for you to just be. You start first with your worthiness, and then if you decide to be useful, that's totally up to you. But your worthiness never goes away, no matter what you end up deciding. Maybe what you'll argue with me about is the people who do bad deeds or murder or steal. Aren't they less deserving? Aren't they less worthy because they do those things? The truth is no. You remain worthy of your own life, no matter what ill-fitting things you do or don't do. Now, you may have a hard time convincing others that you still are after doing any of those things, but it still doesn't take away from your inherent worthiness. Your ability to express your truest self is always available to you, no matter how far down the rabbit hole you've gone. And here's the thing. Your biggest crime is that you feel deeply. You love deeply. You experience emotion in a way that a lot of people don't understand. Getting angry, annoyed, or upset at people is part of the human experience. Feeling charged, negative emotion like that doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a human. This is a very good thing because what it means is that you don't have to prove a damn thing to anyone, not even yourself, that you're worthy. You just are, right now, as you are. You are worthy to be loved. And the only thing truly stopping you from seeing that as the truth is this loop you're in of shaming yourself because you're convinced that you don't. It's as simple as that. Heartbreaking, I know, but true. So this is my challenge to you if you're the kind of person who's stuck in a shame cycle. Ask yourself this, what would it be like to live life like I was worthy to be loved? Try that on right now. Pick up the persona of someone who believes in their own value. Think of it like Harry Potter's invisibility cloak. Wrap that thing around you. How does it feel? What does the world look like through those eyes? When I first tried worthiness on for size, I noticed I felt like everything in the world was brighter. Colors were more vibrant, the sounds of the world more pronounced. I felt that if I truly believed I was worthy, it would be as if everything in the world was made just for me. How delightful would it be if you could live your life that way? Now before you get on my case about how that's not living in the real world, let me ask you something. How do you know that it's true that you're not worthy or you're not deserving? You might be giving me a whole load of reasons why you know it's true, but if you really dug deeply into it and really challenged yourself to prove it, could you? I don't think so. You can't prove you're unworthy no more than you can prove that you're worthy. And given the choice between two unproven truths, which would you rather have in your life? The one where you're miserable and beating yourself up for every little mistake you've ever made in your life? Or the one where you know you belong no matter what the circumstances may be, no matter what someone else says, no matter what time of day it is or the state that your body's in. Because one thing's for sure, whatever the real truth may be about worthiness, we know how thinking a certain way or the other makes you feel. And when you feel miserable, you're not likely to be doing the kinds of things you think you need to be doing to prove your worthiness anyway. So I guess what I'm saying is that there's really only one right answer. (laughs) Okay, so let's switch gears and talk about blame. The blame cycle itself is really interesting. Because I wouldn't completely characterize it as a state of being that someone with depression would fully engage in. In fact, I don't think people who experience themselves entirely in this cycle are even really aware that anything's wrong. Or they've denied reality for so long that it barely registers that they may be thinking negatively at all about themselves. They're completely out of body with their mental state. They might know on some intellectual level that they're not really happy, but they're stuck in their patterns so tightly that they can't see the glass pane in between. Blame is a state of being at every moment in their lives— For every bad behavior they exhibit, for every negative circumstance they find themselves in, the blame is always external. It's always because of someone or something else. No introspection occurs at all for someone who's fully in this cycle. It's a paradox. Because they may be completely unaware of their own culpability in their present circumstances, which stops them from fully engaging into a depressive state. But that also means... That they never get to realize that they have any control over their own situation. People who are fully in this cycle place blame on everyone else but themselves. And what that causes them to do is to burn bridges and cut off ties when they feel an injustice has been committed. They feel entitled to people treating them a certain way, or for certain behaviors to be dominant in their loved ones or partners. They become a victim to their circumstances, feeling that everything and everyone in life is against them and that they better become as independent as possible because they can't rely on anyone to turn out for them the way that they want. They protect themselves from having any real feelings for anyone by denying their own emotions. Saying that person so-and-so should have done this or that in order to deserve their better behavior. Tit-for-tat is the rule for someone who's fully in the blame cycle. I'm nice if you're nice. I'm generous if you're generous. And the opposite is true. I'll be nasty if you're nasty. I'll disdain you if you disdain me. All that blame protects you from having any real connection with anyone. You live under the guise of being fiercely independent, but the reality you're living is that of an old miserly person stuck in their own cave of meaning, alone, isolated, and feeling the entire time like they're better off that way. But the sad truth is that when you protect yourself from perceived harm you're experiencing from everyone and everything else, you isolate yourself from true connection. You make it difficult to truly know what unconditional love is, which is the appreciation of another being without limits. Every interaction is an exchange, and you cut yourself off from knowing what it really means to be loved just as you are. Flaws and all. My clients aren't in willful denial like that, so if you're listening to this thinking that I just gave you a life sentence, take a deep breath. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if that were you. It makes sense because if you're used to blaming everyone and everything except yourself for your life or situation, you're not going to seek out a coach to help you take control into your own hands. Because you don't think you have any control, whether that's a conscious line of thinking or not. So I'd say if you find yourself blaming everyone except yourself for how things are going, then it might be time to take a look at what part you're playing in your own patterns. Of course, once you're able to see that you have a part to play in what's been going on in your life, that's when you're immediately in the hybrid cycle, the blame and shame cycle. The blame and shame cycle is especially volatile because it means that you're flipping the reason for your pain between external causes and internal. You go from blame of other people and other things to blaming yourself for what you're experiencing. Where the shame cycle is a downward spiral and the blame cycle is a perpetual outward burst, the blame and shame cycle is like an erratic pinwheel. Not only does it spin out of control within itself, but it flits all over the place. It feels so chaotic when you're on, when you're in this cycle, because it's characterized by the low, subdued nature of shame, that inward blame in introspection, and also characterized by the high, explosive nature of blame, that outward accusation in placing meaning outside of ourselves. It's a tough place to be because the moment you're dealing with yourself in one state, your brain takes you to the other state as a way to compensate. So for example, I recently found myself in the blame and shame cycle in a particular interaction with someone I love. He had made a comment to me that I interpreted as judging me negatively for how I was keeping myself and my family safe during the pandemic. I now realize that it was his way of starting up a conversation about how we could keep each other safe, but my mind was on fire because I immediately felt attacked. I thought, how could he accuse me of being reckless when he's the reason I feel so isolated and alone during this quarantine? If he wasn't always excluding me, then maybe I wouldn't feel like I needed to do the things I was doing to keep myself mentally sane. To me, it seemed like he was always ordering food for everyone else except me when we were all together. And then the shame started up. Well, if people cared about me, then they wouldn't exclude me. But there's nothing about me that makes them want to include me, so it's my own fault that I'm here trying to advocate for myself. No one cares about me except me. And honestly, if I didn't have the skills I have now with how to process my emotions, slow my thinking down and discern fact from self-imposed fiction, I probably would have resentfully stopped doing whatever he said I should stop doing and held that grudge forever, blaming him for how miserable and isolated I would have been from complying and then not saying a thing about it. I would be a hopeless mess right now, feeling controlled by other people and completely stuck, feeling awful about myself and not being able to do anything about it. And then of course, it would be another memory I've stacked on top of other memories of every time I was unloved, excluded, discarded, and rejected. It's a painful existence. But what actually happened a few days later after he made this comment was, I approached him as calmly as I could. I was a bawling mess because that old soundtrack of there's something wrong with me was playing really loudly in my mind. I told him how he made me feel left out and rejected and how hurtful he was being to me by excluding me, at which point he got really frustrated because to him, I was willfully ignoring all the times that he did include me. The only times he didn't include me was when he knew I was focused on eating clean, staying away from carbs and hidden sugars. So here's the kicker. He was right. I was so used to filtering my world through the lens of no one cares about me that my brain had completely overlooked all the times I was included. Literally, the moment he said it, something in my brain clicked and like a flash. I saw all the times that I was happily invited to join in. What was amazing about this experience is that I could see how in previous years that same conversation would have gone nowhere because I was deep in my blame and shame cycles before. And relying on my brain to show me proof contrary to what I believed was like looking for the nine of diamonds in a deck full of the queen of hearts. I would have never seen it. If you're stuck in a blame and shame cycle, what I want to offer to you is the game of opposites. If you find yourself blaming other people for how you feel, I want you to look at the situation and ask yourself if the opposite could be true. Whatever way you've explained their responsibility in the situation, could it be true? that the opposite of what you've decided is really the case. And when you inevitably feel the shift to shaming yourself for who you are, in other words, self blame, ask yourself the same question. Could it be that the opposite of how I've explained away the situation be true? That's how you break away from your blame and shame cycles. Give that a shot. And remember, have patience with yourself. Thanks so much for listening in. Have a great weekend and talk to you next time. Bye-bye. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd like you to join me in my free Facebook group also called How to Be Good Enough. You'll meet women just like you who are on their journey to feeling better about themselves and more in control of their lives. And they'll help you do the same. Join us at facebook.com slash groups slash how to be good enough. Make sure you answer all of the membership questions so you can get in as soon as possible. See you there.